This podcast is here to support your wellness journey through solo episodes and conversations with experts on all things well-being, fitness, and lifestyle. I'm Katerina, certified personal trainer, sports science MSc, and wellness coach. I'm so grateful you've landed here. Now take a deep breath, exhale, and let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Today I'm joined by Danielle Acker. Danielle is a registered cardiac nurse with a doctorate in lifestyle medicine and nursing education. She also supports women to feel their best through her work as a health and wellness coach. And she is such a joy to speak to, so I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. We dive into all sorts, including what it means to be a body neutral health coach, our shared experiences as Asian women navigating this wellness space, Danielle's holistic approach to coaching, what lifestyle medicine is, and whether it's ever okay to want to lose weight. All right, let's dive into this conversation with Danielle Acker. Hello and welcome, Danielle. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to dive into this conversation with you. I think you've walked such an interesting path. You're a nurse. Not only that, you have a doctorate, super impressive in and of itself, but you're also a health and wellness coach. I wonder, could you just kind of set the scene and talk a little bit about what's led you to where you are today? Yeah. So, um, wow, where to start? Where to start? It's been quite the journey. I, right out of high school, when I first was deciding what I wanted to study in university. Um, I ended up doing a degree in health and wellness, uh, fitness, exercise science, that kind of thing. And I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do with my life with that. Um, But I knew that that was something that was so interesting to me. I have been an athlete my whole life. I grew up playing ice hockey, which I still play. It is the true Canadian in me, uh, loves hockey. Um, but I've played sports my whole life, love the outdoors. I've just always found activity and being active and moving and all of that so integral in my life and something that I just think is so important for me being who I am, not only in my health, but just like as a person. And so I kind of was just mulling over, like, how do I make that something that I can make a career out of? And so I tripped and stumbled my way around and not really knowing what I wanted to do, which I think a lot of people have that experience. Um, Did that first degree, ended up going back and doing a nursing degree as well, because I was at the point where I didn't really know how I was going to use my health and wellness degree in a professional capacity. Um, And I was like, I need to support myself. I'm going to become a nurse because, you know, that's still health and wellness kind of, and it will give me a paycheck. So I became a nurse um, and fell in love with cardiac nursing, which just kind of opened the door to really explore more about the importance of health and wellness with your heart health um, and coming at it from a much more clinical medical healthcare perspective. um, And also just really seeing the lack of emphasis on health and wellness and health promotion in the medical field, um, at least here in the US. I mean, I know we're in two completely different settings. So have a bit of of a difference there, maybe. But 
um, I ended up deciding to go back to school and do my doctorate of nursing. And I did a dual emphasis in nursing education and lifestyle medicine. Um, because for me, I wanted to be able to be in a position where I could help teach not only patients, but also other nurses and healthcare professionals, and really just as many people as I could, what it meant to use lifestyle medicine and health promotion and all of that to help our patients, but also to help ourselves and to help our friends and family. And so somewhere along the way, I was able to kind of combine my passion for health and wellness, which was initially what I had fallen in love with, and then my career as a nurse into kind of this unique tangled little mess where now I'm a nurse with a doctorate in lifestyle medicine, trying to also be a health coach and helping people kind of navigate this complicated world in the health and wellness space. Sorry, that was a lot. I'm a talker. (laughs) No, I love it. It's a lot because it is a lot like you've done a lot. What a fantastic, (laughs) a fantastic way to, yeah, help people with their health promotion. I think it's so interesting. And also snap with the exercise and health science. I've got a master's in health and exercise science. I'm like, yes, we're snapping. Um, (laughs) So something else we have in common is that we are both mixed Asian women. I'm half Chinese. You are her Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know you've expressed um, that you have experienced a little bit of imposter syndrome in the wellness space. I mean, that resonates with me. Is that like cliche of you can't be what you can't see kind of thing? And I think for a long time, the wellness space has been quite homogenous. And um, that can certainly contribute to that feeling of imposter syndrome. I don't know. Has Does that ring true to you at all? Do you think that plays a role for you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. On both of those things, you know, um, my identity as a mixed Asian woman, and then also the imposter syndrome, just in general, in the health and wellness space, I am definitely not the um, image of what one typically expects a health coach to look like. Um, I have never been, you know, ripped muscles all over and six pack and and super thin. That's just not me. Um, It never has been at any point in my life. And so, you know, on the one hand, growing up as a mixed Asian girl, it was very difficult sometimes because people you're never enough of one or the other, you know, you're never enough of I'm, I'm half white, half Japanese, and I was never white enough to be considered white and never really Japanese enough to be considered fully Japanese. And so, you know, you have people, you tell them, oh, yeah, I'm half Japanese. And I would have people legitimately ask me, like, are you, are you sure? Because Japanese people are usually really small, you know, and, and you get comments like that. And so it only enforced, like reinforced this image of my body that I had from a very young age where something was wrong. Um, Even though I didn't feel like anything was wrong with my body, it was reinforced to me that me having my Asian identity and me existing in the body that I exist in, um, from an outward perspective, people didn't feel like those things fit together. And so growing up with that kind of being this little voice in the back of your head and then moving into this health and wellness space where I know that I have the knowledge, I know that I have the skills and the expertise to really make a big difference. You never stop hearing those voices saying you're not enough of what I expect you to be to fill the role that you're telling me you can fill, you know, whether it's your identity as an Asian woman, or it's your identity as a health coach. And so it's definitely been 
a bit challenging to step into this space and be willing to share a lot more of myself, um, not just like my physical appearance, being much more transparent of this is what I look like and take it or leave it. This is who I am. Um, But also opening up about some of these experiences and really all the things for better or for worse that have molded me into who I am today. Um, And being able to remind myself daily, even if people don't look at me and think, yeah, she could help me be healthier. Like she could help me create my own balanced, healthy lifestyle that feels good for me. Even if people don't see that, I have to believe that about myself um, if anyone else is ever going to believe it. So it's definitely been an uphill battle and a bit of a journey to get to this space. And I would be lying if I said I feel fully confident and that I don't still battle that in some capacity every single day, you know. Thank you for sharing that. I think that will speak to a lot of people for sure. And especially being so transparent, the fact that you're still facing that. I think that's such a human thing and like so beautiful for you to share that. So thank you. Um, Oh my gosh, yeah, so much of that resonated with me as well. I think especially, well, I think for health coaches, personal trainers, the external view is that your body is your CV. And of Mm. course, that's not the case. It's so wrong. And it always comes back to that idea of you can't tell somebody's health status by looking at them. I think a lot of the like influences and stuff we see, a lot of their body is down to like genetics, like 90% genetics. And it's that entanglement of a specific body type equals health. And then, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's so, it is messy. And Mm -hmm. hopefully people are becoming a little bit more aware and raising their consciousness around the fact that there is not one specific body type and body type doesn't equal health and yeah speaking to the never feeling white enough never feeling Asian enough yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah I feel that so so deeply this has been on my mind I'm getting married next year my my family in Hong Kong are like oh you can come out to Hong Kong afterwards and I kind of don't want to go back out there since I last visited I've gained a significant amount of weight and I know that um that's not going to go unnoticed and it hasn't gone unnoticed and I've it's really sad like I have had comments from aunties telling me mm-hmm. that um I need to lose weight I'm not going to be able to look pretty in my wedding photos I um yeah I need to do all this stuff and watch what I eat blah 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 which is great <laughs> just so great um <laughs> and um I think that for me, part of like being this thin Asian woman was a way of me feeling more accepted by that part of, yeah, trying to be accepted in that it's it's tricky, isn't it? It's a tricky path to walk. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, if you think about, you know, the representation in the health and wellness industry, it's like you said, very homogenous, like a lot of people look very similar and it's not like us. Um, But then if you do look at the representation of Asian women, even just like in media, they're usually just like the, you know, kind of fetishized, very like idealistic version of like the skinny Asian girl in like the slinky outfit sitting with like the crime boss or something. I don't know. That's a very specific, but you know what I mean? And so existing as anything other than that and putting yourself out there, it feels scary because it's not what people expect us to show up as. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, as Asian women and as health and wellness coaches, we're trying to slide in between these two expectations. So it's like almost a double, a double whammy, you know? 
the wellness space has been predominantly dominated by people that don't look like us and it's interesting because I know that I've grown up being aware of lots of Chinese traditional medicine and um, movement practices like Qigong, Tai Chi, like Gua Sha has played a role as I was like growing up and stuff like I've been aware of it but interestingly it wasn't until it was kind of like accepted by like Mm -hmm. the western world um, that I felt like I could talk about it and Mm. in like a way that I didn't feel embarrassed by it because I think for a long time I've been like it's not cool (laughs) and but then these wellness practices are gaining more traction and popularity and right that's quite interesting as well yeah and even acupuncture Mm -hmm. and stuff has more science behind it so it's more widely accepted but I don't know I just found that kind of interesting as well like the cultural side of some wellnessy stuff I don't know if you have any experience with that as well yeah I mean maybe maybe not as much as you do but I definitely do agree and I think it's it's like a win that it's starting to gain more traction and popularity but at the same time it's unfortunate that we have to wait for it to be accepted by certain people for it to be something we can talk about and incorporate you know like just that underlying embarrassment like you said or shame I think about it a lot honestly and maybe this is a little bit like branching off topic a little bit but I think a lot about the cultural aspect when I think about um, the nutrition aspect of the health and wellness world because a lot of the the food that people tell you is acceptable to eat when you're trying to be healthy and stuff it does not look like what we grew up eating right like it does not look like the meals that are our comfort meals or that grandma makes for us when we go visit you know those kinds of things and so I think that that is another huge aspect of the health and wellness world that doesn't leave space for culture when they're saying, if you want to be healthy, you have to eat X, Y, and Z. Well, what if that's not in my normal diet? What if that's not what my family enjoys? What if that's not what I've culturally grown up eating and not what I want to eat? And just like remembering that people need to be willing to leave space for culture and willing to leave space for individuality and customization when it comes to helping people practice whatever health looks like for them because there is no world in which I'm giving up my Japanese food like zero (laughs) percent chance that I would ever give that up even if somebody were to tell me oh it's so unhealthy I'd be like cool you can think that but this is part of me and I don't think it's fair that so many cultures not just Asian cultures but cultures in general kind of feel like they have to get swept under the rug a little bit in the name of western approved health you know yeah absolutely and that education around embracing people's cultures is so important um Mm -hmm. and i think yeah something that's not really discussed at all or enough so in the wellness space there is sort of like an entanglement of weight and beauty ideals and health and I know that you are a body neutral wellness coach could you talk to us a little bit about what that means and how that impacts your work with clients oh yes I love that question um so I for a long time when I was trying to carve out my my space and my identity in the health and wellness world you know I would scroll past these body positive posts and accounts and content 
And something about it, I, I just could never resonate with it. You know, people being like, love everything about your body 100% all the time. And while I don't think it's a bad thing for people to feel that, like, I would love for everybody to just be able to truly love everything about themselves. That would be fantastic. But I also think that it's completely realistic and fair for people to admit that they're not that they don't 100% love every single bit about them. And that should not be something that they are faulted for. And so when I started to hear more about body neutrality and this kind of body neutral idea, I started to feel so much more seen and heard because in this space, it's less about loving every single part about your body, but more so coming to a place where you just can feel neutral about your body. You don't have to love it, but you absolutely shouldn't hate it. Um, and rather than focusing on the aesthetics of your body, focusing more on what it can do for you. You know, how does your body carry you through the day? What activities with your friends and your family and your loved ones does your body allow you to accomplish? How does it take care of you? How does it protect you? You know, there are so many things that our bodies do for us every day. And our society has conditioned us to focus on looking at our body and deeming our worth off of how it appears and what people see and how we present in the world rather than us being able to truly appreciate like, wow, my body did that. Like my body is capable of doing such amazing things. Um, and also, you know, really tagging on the healthcare, medical, um, clinical area that I can kind of approach this from is really being able to focus on measuring your health through different things other than just your size or your weight or your appearance. Um, because as a nurse, I have seen countless different patients of different shapes and different sizes. And I can promise you that size does not give you the whole picture. Um, I am, I specifically, my, my clinical background is in open heart surgery. So I've seen the inside of a lot of bodies, <laughs> just as much as the outside of bodies. And you would be shocked at, you know, the, the way that some people's hearts look on the inside who maybe were fairly thin, um, maybe did all the right things, you know, quote unquote, right things in their life. But then you go in and their heart is a mess, like physically, um, it's it's a disaster, and we have to do surgery to fix it or vice versa, you may have people who are a little bit um, heavier, a little bit bigger, who have really, really good health. Um, and I think that as coaches, there are just so many other things that we can look at, from a body neutral perspective, to measure people's progress, measure their health, measure so many things about their wellness, other than just looking at their size, you know, like, is their blood pressure good? Are their labs good when they go to the doctor? Do they feel like they have good energy? You know, are they always tired? Or do they feel like they can make it through their day? How are they sleeping? Um, how is their skin and their hair? How is their digestion? Like, there's so many things that we can look at and say, that's better than it was in the past, thanks to these things that you're doing in your life. And so I think for me, being a body neutral coach is really just trying to detach your view of yourself and your worth from your body and just simply spending less time thinking about your body. It doesn't have to be your favorite part about you, but it also doesn't have to be something that you spend all of your energy and all of your time fixating on because we know how easy it is for people to fall into that, you know, cycle where you look at yourself in every mirror or every reflective surface that you walk by, 
and you're constantly thinking about how your clothes are fitting you or how they're feeling and what you're eating. And I just think if people could get to a point where they just didn't think about that, you don't have to love everything. You don't have to love your belly. You don't have to love your arms, but just don't think about them. And I know that's easier said than done, but I think that that is a really big first step in body neutrality is just accepting that you exist the way you exist. Your body is amazing for so many reasons and you can be healthy regardless of your shape or size. Yeah, absolutely. I think the decentering of physical appearance and weight and everything on all those measures is so important. And it kind of is a more of like a holistic view on health and everything as well, because I think I know from my own personal past experience, you can engage with all of these health promoting behaviors, but still measure your success on on the scales, basically. And mm-hmm. I think that's when it stops being a healthy behavior and crosses over into a non-healthy behavior, even though you're trying to yeah. do all the things to be healthy. So yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and to hear it from a clinical nurse, <laughs> like this is all great to hear because I think, I think that is a concern that a lot of people have if I stop measuring myself or if I stop watching my weight am I going to be less healthy but that's not what you're saying it's mm-hmm. about continuing on with the health promoting behaviors and looking at other markers of health mm-hmm. aside from just weight mm-hmm. yeah and something that I really appreciated about you know when I was doing my doctorate and learning more about the practices of lifestyle medicine um the lifestyle medicine as a whole there's actually six what they consider pillars of lifestyle medicine and I think most people when they think about promoting their health they think about nutrition and exercise and that's it and you know those are the two things that people hound like if you're not doing those things there's no way you can be healthy but you also need to think about like your sleep quality and how often you're sleeping how well you're sleeping um think about stress management and being able to make sure that you're not chronically stressed all the time um spending time with family and friends and having a good support system is actually another one of the pillars and is considered like an integral part of lifestyle medicine because that having those people in your life and spending time with them has a huge impact on your health. And then the last one I believe is avoiding um, behaviors or, or substances or things that can potentially harm you. And so I think like when you look at all six of those things, as opposed to just focusing in on two things, it really paints a much bigger picture of if you really want to be promoting your health and taking care of yourself, prioritizing seeing your friends and going out for dinner with them over your 18th exercise for the week is probably a good thing, you know, rather than spending all of your time and energy on cooking all these healthy meals and exercising all of your spearments of the day, go spend time with your friends, you know, go meditate or do yoga so you can bring your stress down, go make, take a nap (laughs) or, you know, get a good night's sleep or, or something like that, because there's so many other things that are important when it comes to making sure that we're taking care of ourselves the way that we deserve to be taken care of. Absolutely. That's so brilliant. And it's something that I think a lot of us do forget and we overlook. So that's a great reminder. And lifestyle medicine. Yeah. Can we dive into that a little bit more? Because I'd love to know a little bit more. So those are the the main kind of pillars. And then so how does that kind of yeah work? And I suppose how does it influence the work that you do with your clients as well? 
Absolutely. So my approach to health coaching is not like, it's honestly, it's so confusing sometimes to explain to people because they're like, so you're a personal trainer. I'm like, no. So you're a dietitian. No, I'm just a health coach. And it's like, what does that even mean? And so my approach is helping people figure out what a balanced, sustainable, healthy lifestyle looks like for them. And so if somebody comes to me and is saying, I really want to work on my health, work on promoting my health, you have to kind of narrow down, okay, what is the most important thing or most important couple of things that you feel like you could, you have room to grow in like opportunities when it comes to promoting your health and figuring out how to make that a balanced part of your lifestyle um, and being open to whatever that looks like. You know, if somebody comes to you and says, the thing that I'm really struggling with is getting enough sleep every night, I am not going to say, okay, that's great, but we should probably work on your exercise routine. Because if they're telling me that they think the thing that's going to make them feel better on a daily basis is sleeping consistently without interruptions for seven or eight hours every night, then that's what we're going to work on. Because I know that that has just as important of a role in their health as exercising X amount of times per week does. Or, you know, if someone says, I am just not drinking enough water, or I just want to make sure I'm eating enough vegetables, but I don't want to hate all the food that I eat, um, or I'm feeling really stressed and I just want to figure out how to manage my stress a little bit better. We can talk about ways to use exercise or meditation or sleep or time with friends to manage their stress, you know? And it's really just approaching health and wellness from that holistic view and considering all of the pillars of lifestyle medicine and how working on any single one of those pillars is going to have a positive effect and not putting not putting them in like a hierarchy where one is way more important than the other but acknowledging that prioritizing as many of them as possible it's what's going to really give you that picture of a balanced healthy lifestyle that's so interesting and I think yeah that prioritization and then when you're kind of working on one they're gonna have an impact on each other absolutely mm -hmm. I see that like if you don't get good sleep you're not gonna want to exercise because you're gonna be mm -hmm. really tired and then your food like we'll have certain cravings and like oh my gosh yeah um so yeah that holistic model sign me up <laughs> like it sounds <laughs> great I love that just digging back into the whole uh, diet culture weight loss and health and then the science of it all is there a way that we can pursue weight loss, but still be accepting of our bodies? And can it be healthy to pursue weight loss? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I think that's that a great like? question. I actually just posted on Instagram about that the other day. So I love awesome. that question. I'm prepared for it. Awesome. Um, I, I think the short answer is yes. From a medical perspective, I do believe that there are circumstances where losing body fat could be beneficial for those health conditions. Um, and that is assuming that you do have a health condition that, you know, you know, scientifically, medically does benefit from fat loss. In those situations, I think that it could definitely be beneficial for someone to pursue weight loss um, because it really may help with different things like blood pressure, blood sugar, you know, cholesterol, those kinds of things like that. Um, 
for people who are not struggling with health conditions, I also still think that it's okay to pursue weight loss. I think that everybody is in their own right to want something for their body, whether it is increasing muscle, whether it's losing fat, any of those kinds of things. I don't think that that in itself is innately wrong. For me, what I always just want to challenge people with when they're like, oh, I need to lose weight, I need to lose weight. I want to ask you the question, why? Because if you feel like you need to lose weight in order to be beautiful, um, in order to be accepted by people, in order to be um, pursued by whoever you're interested in, um, in order to be considered healthy by people around you, in order to be accepted in certain circles, um, then I want to challenge people that that shouldn't be the case. You should never feel pressured into needing to lose weight. If you just feel like you want to look a certain way, that's totally okay. Like I don't ever want anybody to feel like I'm saying you should never want to lose weight. And that's bad because I don't think that's the case. I just don't ever want people to feel like they have to change their life and be pressured into losing weight because most of us have kind of like a set point of where our bodies feel comfy. And if you have to drastically change your life to move out of that set point, it's probably not something that's going to be sustainable. And so I think part of it is just kind of learning our bodies and understanding where we naturally like to be and learning to kind of accept that. Um, and whatever kind of external, internal pressures are making you feel like you need to lose weight, I think just really digging into that and processing what is making me feel like I want to lose weight? And if at the end of the day, it's just something you want and you don't feel like anyone's forcing you, by all means, go for it. Like I, but by all means, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I just think it's understanding the motivations and understanding what, where it's coming from and also making sure that you have a plan to do it in a healthy way that's not going to be dangerous or damaging for your physical or mental health. Yeah, absolutely. So important. I think the whole uh, digging in and exploring the why behind it is, yeah, so fundamental to then how you're probably going to engage with certain things like exercise. If you're going to, if it's coming from a place of I desperately want to lose weight because I will then be more accepted, you're probably going to engage in more strict regimens that perhaps yeah. yeah extreme that's the word yeah. extreme things that aren't mm -hmm. really going to serve your overall health and well-being right so yeah that's yeah. so important um I was just gonna say I feel like I can use myself as an mm -hmm. example um because I from I can't even remember the first time I had thoughts of I need to lose weight because I was that young you know which it's really sad that girls that are so young are already thinking like I need to be smaller and I've been I've kind of progressed at similarly the same size my whole life like obviously I'm not the same size now as I was when I was 10 but I've always been about the same level of like chubby over whatever you want to call it like since I was a kid and I've always wanted to be smaller always 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 said I just want to I just want to lose weight I just want to be smaller but now if I look at my life and it's funny because I've had so many of my friends make offhanded comments of like Danielle's so much healthier than the rest of us like we all need to be like Danielle she's so healthy Yet I am almost consistently the biggest person in my friend group. And so when I look at my life and I look at the way that I prioritize um, movement in a very sustainable and balanced way, the way that I prioritize nutrition, but also don't restrict myself from eating the things that I like, um, the way that I prioritize sleep, like people know, do not mess with me in my sleep. I have a strict bedtime. 
um, the practices I go through, like with, with my therapy and medications and all the work I've done to manage my stress and my anxiety, you know, all of those things. And if I reflect on my life, I can genuinely say that I think I am a healthy person. I think that I prioritize all of the different pillars of lifestyle medicine and all of the things that I would encourage a client to prioritize. And so with that being my frame of mind and the perspective that I'm coming from, why do I feel like I need to lose weight? And it always comes back to how I want other people to perceive me. Um, you know, the size clothes I wish I could buy, the lack of attention from boys growing up, you know, wanting to be able to share clothes with my girlfriends. Like it's always these things that have nothing to do with my health or my worth. And it's taken me a very long time to get here. And I still struggle sometimes in understanding that I am doing everything my body deserves for me to take care of it. And if this is the size that I continue to exist in for the rest of my life, I want to be okay with that because I know that I'm giving my body everything that it needs. And whether I gain a little bit of weight or lose a little bit of weight, I can trust that my habits and my lifestyle are supporting my health. And I desperately want that to be good enough for me and anybody else, regardless of your size. Yes. I'm just like, yeah, absolutely. That's so fundamental and trusting that you are doing all of the things to uh, give your body the nourishment and to serve it so that you can move through this world for a really long time in a really healthy way. Like a million, like that's, yeah, I back that a million percent. Yeah. And I think that people wanting to be acceptable for others in the eyes of others is a really interesting thing and something that I think every single person struggles with to different degrees and unfortunately it's because other people's perceptions like that's their view of their world and they haven't Mm -hmm. necessarily done the work themselves to then Mm -hmm. understand where you're coming from and that's why we get all these like mixed messages and then why we sometimes feel like we can't accept ourselves but it's staying in that mindset for yourself and yeah always doing what's best for you I think yeah that's just this is stuff that I'm like I've worked through and still working on yeah absolutely and it's normal you know like I don't think any of us will ever 1000% not care about what people think about us but it's just like figuring out how much control you're going to let that care have you know are you going to let it just kind of pass through and move forward with your life or are you going to let it define how you move through the world and I think that that is a journey that every single person has to work through in their own way, in their own time. And I think this probably does come back into the whole body neutral approach, but um, especially in this space that we're existing in, I think sometimes um, I'll speak for myself, like I can feel guilty for having poor body image days and being like, oh gosh, I wish I was, I had my body when I was like, back when I was like 21 I wish I looked like that again but Mm -hmm. and then I feel guilty for thinking that because I'm like no 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 I've done all the work like how do you move through that guilt how do you approach that I think like people just talking about it needs to be more normal um because I don't think that anybody is as let me rephrase that I don't think anybody has it as together as the internet makes us believe and you see all of these coaches who you know are seem so confident 
but they have bad days too. Everybody has bad days. And I love that we're seeing so many more people sharing the ups and the downs. You know, I follow so many um, people in the health and wellness space on Instagram who will show their posed and unposed bodies or who will show their highs and then also share when they've had a really bad day or when they're having those, you know, bad body image days. And I think just helping people realize even those of us who could be considered the professionals in this industry still struggle with some of these things because it's just part of life. You know, nobody should ever be expected to be perfect or have it together 100% of the time because life happens and there's heavier seasons and lighter seasons and we deserve to be able to move through those seasons in different ways. And if that means that you take a month off of exercising in an intense way because your body needs that break, then you do that. Or if that means that you just kind of eat whatever makes you feel good for a week because something really bad happened or something really good happened, or I don't know, but just allowing yourself to be authentic in whatever your experience is and allowing that experience to change as life happens because like you said none of us have the bodies we did when we were 21 and we're not meant to just like when we're 50 we're not going to have the bodies that we have when we have now and if we continue trying to chase these versions of ourselves from different seasons of life we're only going to be disappointed and if we try to chase versions of other people from other lives we're never going to get that either um, and so I think it's just really setting our expectations and becoming more comfortable with ourselves um, because I think a lot of people aren't as comfy in their own skin as the, we ideally could be. That journey back to our home, which is our bodies, because mm -hmm. we only have one of these bodies to carry yeah. through the, our life. And I think, yeah, just like meeting yourself with compassion is so, so important. So yeah, again, yes. thank you so much for sharing all of that. Yeah. I think I'm going to go back and listen to all of that again and just like have a repeat. <laughs> like, this is so good. Thank you. Oh, okay. So final question. Um, it's just a fun one. What lights you up most in this world? Oh, goodness. Um, hmm. I, oh gosh, how do I even just pick? I love my little family. It's just me, my husband and our two animals. Um, and I just love our little, little life that we've made for each other. So I definitely have to shout all of them out because they're just my whole little world. Um, and I think really, it's just time with friends doing things that I love. I am very much extroverted, very much love my people and, um, if I'm doing good stuff with good people, that is just like, that is a good day for me. It doesn't even really matter what we're doing, but if I'm with good people and we're doing something fun, it is, I think that is a great day. I love that. That's so, so beautiful. Yes. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Um, I've very much enjoyed this. So yeah. Me thank too. You. This was great. We'll have to do it again sometime. Yes, totally. <laughs> thank you. Have a good day. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today. As with everything in life, take what lands and leave what doesn't. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave a review. You can connect with me. I'm at Cat Does Wellness on Instagram and Facebook. And visit www.catdoeswellness.com for free resources, blog entries, and more. Until next time from my heart to
videos.